Amen. Well, I'm, you know, we're spoiled. Remember years ago, they didn't have air conditioning. They didn't have fans. Amen. We've got something to be thankful for. I want to get right into my message today. And, and uh, we've been on a series called Prepare, Proceed, and Possess. And we've been likening, you know, what's going on today in the church to Joshua and the nation of Israel as they cross the Jordan River at flood stage to go in and, ent- and enter into the promised land and, and receive their inheritance. And there's seven requirements And we can find these in the book of Joshua. The first one, recognize and embrace God's new season. Are we in a new season? Everything we do must depend on who? It's all about Jesus Christ. Number three, you will have to leave your comfort zone. Should we skip that one? Number four, it will require what? Courage and obedience. Number five, personal responsibility to prepare. That's where we're at. We've been on that a couple weeks. We'll be on it a little bit longer. Number six, separation from the world. And number seven, expectations of the miraculous. Amen. So if you look in your Bibles to Joshua chapter one, I want to read our, our text. And then I found in, I've got, I've used this spirit filled Bible for years and I just got a new one not too long ago and they've changed it a little bit, but I want to read something from that. But let's read in Joshua chapter one, verse one, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I'm giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot, foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. That's good for us in this hour. Be what? Strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. How many of you want to prosper where you Ever you go, be successful. This book of the law, this is the, the key, shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? How many times did he tell this new leader to be strong and of good courage? You can never hear it enough. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, pass through the camp and command the people. Notice it's not a request. It's a command saying, prepare provisions for yourselves, for within three days you'll cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Now, let me read this to you. I, this is in my, my new Bible in Kingdom, Kingdom Dynamics, and it's entitled Preparing for God's Future Assignment. Do you know the church right now is preparing for future assignments? 
It says, though Joshua had long assisted Moses and had served God's people as a military and tribal chief, he had never been the primary leader of Israel. When Moses died, this challenging assignment was given to Joshua, and he had to prepare the community to follow God into his promise and plan. What do you think preachers all over this land are doing right now? Preparing the church. Godly believers will at some point be called to courageously step into an assignment that regardless of their experience, they will feel it is beyond them. We've all been there. Whether it is leading in a family, in a job, a community, or in a church, the lesson that can be learned through Joshua's life is to prepare early for the unknown. Future kingdom opportunities. Prepare what? Early. Joshua did this through serving well as a follower. You can never be an effective leader unless you have the heart of a follower. Amen? Then it says, number two, staying hungry for the presence of God. Number three, embracing escalating levels of responsibility. That means leaving your comfort zone and doing something different. Displaying faith in the face of fear and doubt. Walking obediently under the Lord's commands. And living a life open to the anointing of the Lord. A follower of Christ who lives in this manner will step into a life of increasing authority and impact. I like that. That's good. We need leaders in the body of Christ. We need servants, we need followers, but we need to learn how to follow the leader. Remember that game we used to play? Some of you follow the leader. Now, the central truth of all this is, number one, the believer must take personal responsibility to prepare spiritually in the natural for the greatest outpouring of God's spirits, God's spirit the world has ever seen. That's a that's quite a statement, but I, I made it because I really believe the Spirit of God's going to be poured out upon His church. Oh my gosh! I the the miracles, the signs and wonders, healings. The Scripture says, "For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea." Can you imagine that glory? Then we said. Yet last week, I gave you just a little statement. It says, seek your face. In fact, everyone say, seek his face. Grow in grace. Find your place. Finish the race. I told you years ago, God spoke to me when we first came to Norfolk in the early 80s. And we were going through an intense time of persecution. And, and, and I had you know, this experience with God. And, and the Spirit of God said, sooner than you think, must be prepared, no fear and strategy. Now, I've had that in the back of my mind, in my heart for all these years. We're coming into that time. And one of the directives was, must be prepared. We need to be prepared. So that's what we've been talking about. And we've been hitting on the fact that we need to take personal responsibility for preparing for the days ahead, spiritually and in the natural. I think one of the things we prepared in the natural here, look at this church. We're getting the church. It looks great. We're going to do work this summer on the outside of the church, preparing for increase. And so we have to have this mindset. 
How do we prepare? We'll get into that. And then one of the most important things is why do we prepare? Why do we prepare? Now, I, I was sitting at my desk and I got this example on preparation. And uh, come here, Micah. Help me put this on. I know you told me not to, but I'm putting it on. I'm going to preach the whole message with this on. Micah said, don't do it. It's, it's heavy. You'll hurt yourself. Not so hard, son. I don't know what that weighs. How many of you know what this is? What is it? Book bag. <laughs> it's the preacher's book bag. It's a military backpack. Backpack. We bought this a while back for Micah for a birthday or Christmas or whatever. It's it's a bug out bag. What do they call it now? Uh, a get-home bag. I'm one, I want one of these. Mike has got. We need our own. So all of the gardeners can leave the house with their little bag on. Because the zombie apocalypse is coming. It is. Now, I know that's not what it's for. Lighten up, Lucille. I like the fact, and I, I, Mike has got a uh, catalog here of everything that's in here. I'm going to give it to you. It's unbelievable. There's stuff for shelter, tarp, emergency blanket, paracord, zip ties, maps. You know how to use a map? Oh, it's on the phone, right? Compass, clothes, extra socks, extra underwear. I'd need a lot of those, especially if the zombies were chasing me. Gloves, beanie, emergency blanket, poncho. Some of these things are, are wish lists he's going to get in here. Fire starters, Bic lighters, matches, cotton balls and flint, candles. You know, he wants to get one of those straws, those filter straws you can get. I guess they're a little pricey. Um, energy pouches, squincher, protection, uh, gas mask. No, that is, no, that's not a gas. Glock, gun magazine for ammo. Um, goes on on medical stuff, toiletries. I'd need a lot of those pills, Tylenol. I, I'd really need Tylenol and Advil. Allergy. I mean, you stop and think soap, sanitizer, deodorant, food. He's got food in there that'll last forever. Uh, signaling lights, uh, mirrors, whistles, headlamp, chem lights, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. What? That's in there. Would you say that's being prepared? Remember Ron years ago? Did you ever wear one of these in the Marines? No. You... Too far back. <laughs> way far back, huh? They've come a long way. But, you know, we prepare in the natural. And you think, well, you know, like the flood we had. When we had the flood, we, were, we had to leave our home. We had to get everything up out of the basement and be prepared to leave the house. Well, you got to think, what are we leaving the house with? All the important documents, your... Amen? You know, and there's things you don't want something to happen to. But, you know, can you imagine living in Washington, D.C.? L.A.? I'll guarantee you, there are people out there that have these bags. They're prepared. Now, you don't need to leave today and go, Pastor says, i got to get a bug out bag. and You can hire Micah. 
$45 an hour. He will help you buy the right items. This is a commercial. No, it's not. You know, this isn't bad, really. It's comfortable. An hour from now, it might not be so comfortable. So, you know, that's what we need to be prepared. And I want to, I want to read you some scriptures because God, our Father, is a God that prepares. Amen? What's that? Oh, you... Right. Here's some scriptures. Let me read them to you. Psalm 74, verse 16. The day is yours. The night also is yours. You've prepared the light and the sun. You have set... Do you hear that? Prepared the light and the sun. You've set all the borders of the earth. You've made summer and winter. Proverbs 8, 27 in regards to Jesus or wisdom. It says, here's wisdom speaking. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. Mark 14, verse 13, Jesus, where he celebrates the Passover, he says, then he will show you a large, he sent the two disciples out, he says, then he will show you a large upper room, furnished and prepared, there make ready for us. John 14, 2, you'll like this one. In my Father's house are many mansions. You know, you need to study that out in the Greek, it's not necessarily a mansion, it's a, it's a, a dwelling place, and uh, you go from place to place. But it, it sounds good, doesn't it? How many of you want a mansion? You're not going to live in a van down by the river. You're going to live in a nice place. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Are you getting the picture? 1 Corinthians 2, 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you love God? Then he has prepared good things for you. He's prepared good things for me. He's prepared great things for this church. Amen? God has a divine plan for all of our lives, and he is ready to reveal it. Amen? Now, I want to define it. I don't know how far we'll get. We'll just go a little ways here. I want to define the word prepare. I'm going to give it to you in the Hebrew. I'll give it to you in the Greek. But first, we're going to give you Webster's. As you do, find Amos, would you? That'll give you time, because I know it's been a while since you've read Amos. That was my grandfather's name, Amos. Then they named my father Elmer. I don't know what happened at that stage. All my ancestors have Bible names. Then you get to Elmer. But then we got back Michael. Then we got back Caleb. Micah. Amen. I like Bible names. Webster says this, look at he, find Amos chapter 4, because we're going to read there. Webster says this, he defines prepare this way, to make ready for a specific purpose, to equip or furnish with necessary provisions. Amen? How many of you prepare for a camping trip? How many prepare for vacation? Prepare for a hunting trip? Amen? There's always some kind of element or aspect Every day, we're preparing. We prepare to get up in the morning to go to work. Now, in Amos, 
you know, this isn't going to really be an uplifting passage of Scripture, but it's... We find the Hebrew word, and it's K-U-N for prepare. It's used throughout the Bible. You look and study Hebrew, you study the Greek. There's so many different, you know, Hebrew words, Greek words, but I'm picking out a few. And here we find in Amos for the word prepare... It means to ready oneself for a meeting with a person. Ready, get yourself ready to meet a person. How would you, what would you do if you found out the next day you, you got to meet Donald Trump? God better not trip on this carpet we're done for. How would you, how would you react if, if I got to meet Donald Trump? Would you put some nice clothes on? Would you shower? Shave. Get yourself ready. Kind of think about what you're going to say to the Donald. Respectful. That's the attitude, right? You know, it's, it's so important that, that we, we prepare ourselves. And here in Amos chapter four, look at verse six. The nation of Israel has not been very good. They've been in sin. They've not cried out to the living God. And so God basically is telling them if, if they're not going to receive correction, this is what's going to happen. This is kind of interesting in verse six. It says, also I gave you cleanness of teeth in all your cities. Isn't that an odd thing? Your teeth are going to be clean. You know why your teeth are going to be clean? Because you're not eating anything. Then he says, and lack of bread in all your places. Yet you've not returned to me, says the Lord. Verse 7, I also withheld rain from you when there were still three months to the harvest. I made it rain on one city. I withheld rain from another city. One part was rained upon, and where it did not rain, the part withered. Or two or three cities wandered to another city to drink water, but they were not satisfied. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. I blasted you with blight and mildew when your gardens increased, your vineyards, your fig trees, and your olive trees. The locusts devoured them, and yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. I sent among you a plague after the manner of Egypt. Your young men I killed with the sword along with your captive horses. I made the stench of your camps come up into your nostrils. Yet you have not returned unto me, says the Lord. Isn't this just make you excited? I told you it wasn't very uplifting. I overthrew some of you as God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and you were like a firebrand plucked from the burning. Yet you have not returned to me, says the Lord. Verse 12. Therefore, thus will I do to you, O Israel, because I will do this to you. Look at this, what it says. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel. Prepare to meet your God, O Israel, for behold, he who forms mountains and creates the wind, who declares to man what his thought is and makes the morning darkness, who treads the high places of the earth, the Lord God of hosts is his name. Now, there's an element of judgment there, isn't there? <laughs> and we think today with all the coronavirus, and you look at this, it's not so much as God just takes a big stick and is ready to whack his people. He allows... Satan is the one who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. When we get into sin, we open our lives up to these things. 
But like whatever it takes, you know, I heard some minister talk about the coronavirus. He says, you know, even though it's evil and people have lost their lives. And and in fact, Scott's brother right now is they've given him up, basically, the doctors because of the coronavirus. He's my age, gave him a week to live. So I'm not making light of that, but I want you to see God can use any situation to turn you back to him. Now, there's out there, I'll guarantee you, what has, what has been the result of this coronavirus? Give me one word, and it starts with F. Fear. People are afraid. I still see people today driving down the street, and a majority, I'm no kidding, are young. 20s and 30s, and they got a mask on and the window up. Now, I'm all for being common sense. I think that's wise. But folks, 10 years from now, if you still got a mask on and the window's up, you're bound by a spirit of fear. I better not wear my mask. Wear your mask if you think it's important. If you're around elderly people, I get that. But don't let that control your life. If you have a physical condition, I get that. But don't allow fear to take hold of your life. Are you getting it? This word in the Hebrew for prepare, it means to make oneself ready for a meeting with a person. A series of natural disasters, famine, drought, crop failure, plague, war, were used by God to awaken the people of Israel to their sin, but still they had not repented. Now, let me read this if I can find it here, because I thought it was good in this new Bible. It says, Amos exemplifies God's commitment to forewarn his people of impending judgment in order to give them the opportunity to repent. God sent the prophet Amos as his spokesperson of warning to Israel. Like a trumpet blown to warn a city of attack, God speaks through his prophets to warn his people in order to save them from destruction. God uses his prophets, say prophet. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. I One thing I'm so thankful, this Methodist boy that grew up knowing nothing has a revelation that God has placed in his body the prophet, the office of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And the prophet right now in the day in which we're living, they're speaking. And you better be listening yeah, you need to listen to Pastor Mike and you need to listen to other preachers. But right now, it's important. Say it's important. The prophets are speaking. Understand that motivated by his love, God brings warnings through his prophets in order to save his people from harm. Then it says, test prophetic words. Make sure they line up with the word of God. And then ask God to develop in you the ability to hear the things he desires to speak to his people. Now, I was thinking of the scripture. It came to me as I was studying. It's in Second Chronicles 20, 20. And it says, believe in the Lord your God and you shall be established. Believe his prophets and you shall what? Prosper. Now, it just hit me like a ton of bricks. What was the scripture I just gave you? Second Chronicles what? 
2020. You and I need to be listening to what the prophets are saying. Well, what are they saying? I've been telling you since late last fall what they're saying. The thing is, are you listening? Because if you're listening, you're going to prepare. Does you mean I got to go get one of them rucksacks? And no. You need, and, and Micah, I was thinking about you with this, this today. You worked hard. Bless his heart last night. I told him, you know, sometimes he wonders about his dad, you know. They get to that age. You shouldn't wear that. It, you know, it is getting heavy, Mike. <laughs> but he was, he took everything out. He was showing me, and I could see the passion in him. There's something in him. You know, there's other people out there. Now, maybe you will not be like that, like this. But you still get it, don't you? About being prepared. And Micah, again, it came to me. You've worked so hard through the last few years and you have a passion. There's a passion in him as a young man to prepare for the days ahead. And Micah, if you will work as hard spiritually putting stuff in here as you do in here, you will be an effective leader. And what I'm trying to tell is you've got to put stuff in your spirit. Yeah, do this too in the natural. But put the word of God. Pray. Spend times of intimacy with the Father and worship Him consistently day after day. Amen? Another Hebrew word for prepare means to set apart or consecrate. To set apart or consecrate. One step in preparing to meet God is to live a consecrated life. How many of you at times just think, I could do better? How many of you just, is this just me? As a pastor, as a, as a spiritual leader, there's times I, I think, am, am I passionate enough for God? Do I love him and express my thanksgiving to him enough? Do I put enough in the people of Harvest Church so they can survive in the days ahead? Not only survive, but thrive. And I'm, I'm, I'm always, I'm questioning myself, can I do this better? Am I developing the fruit of the Spirit, the character? Amen? You've got to have your heart prepared. We've talked about that. Yeah, there's things we need to do in the natural, but I'll tell you, it's so important to prepare spiritually to take care of your heart. There's another word for in, in the Greek. It's H-E-T-O-I-M-A-Z-O. It means to make ready or make arrangements or preparations for coming events. How about the preparation when Israel prepa- prepared? It talks about preparing for the Messiah that was to come. Look at Luke 1, Luke chapter 1, verse 76. Luke 1, 76. I'll guarantee I'm not going to wear this next week. 
But I, I just want you to leave with this impression in your mind that, yeah, I got I to gotta bay on in the natural, but you've got to prepare spiritually. You got to put the word in you, put the things that are necessary so you can be successful in the days ahead. In Luke chapter 1 and verse 76, this is Zacharias's prophecy. It says, and you, child, will be called the prophet of the highest, for you will go before the face of the Lord to what? Prepare his ways. Prepare his ways. So how do you prepare? How do you prepare? I want to read to you. This gentleman's gone on, and he was a prophet. He was, he was a, I think back in the, the men and women that have, God has put in Kathy and, Kathy and my life, our lives, great spiritual men and women of God, and his name was Dick Mills. And he would minister, he'd get up and he'd, he'd call you up and then he'd have a scripture for you. Unbelievable. And he'd ministered, we had him at the old church, 300 South 2nd. And he'd go to little churches and he'd go to big churches but he was a sweet gentleman, and he was getting up there in years, and he has devotion, did some devotions, devotionals. He did two, and I've got them both. But I want to read this verse in, in Luke one seventeen. Look, look over a little bit. Look over a chapter or a page here. Luke one seventeen. Then I'm going to read to you what he says about this scripture. It says, He will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. He's quoting from Malachi in the Old Testament. And so this is what he says about this scripture, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And, and this is what you want, I want you to see, and then we're going to end because I don't want to get on into something else. I want to save that till next week. This is what he says about it. He says, even though these two phrases, make ready and prepared, are seemingly synonymous, they have opposite meanings in the original Hebrew. The word translated make ready is used to describe thorough preparation by by an internal fitness. The word rendered prepared refers to external equipment adjustment. One describes a work of grace going on outside of the church. The other, a work of grace going on within the church. He defines this. He says, make ready in this verse covers the whole range of internal qualifications necessary to meet the Lord Jesus at his return. The Holy Spirit is working inside each believer. Now listen. The Holy Spirit is working inside each believer in the areas of honesty, integrity, humility, holiness, obedience, attitude, and motive. Now, did I say one word there that you could probably work on? Or how about all of them? An invisible work of grace is going on in God's people, helping them to overcome resentment, bitterness, hurts, wounds, unforgiveness, and general unbelief. So we need to make ready internally right now. If you struggle, and I still struggle, I'm still impatient. Anybody here struggle with being impatient, or is it just me? 
Are you, the rest of you just walk and ooze love, don't you? I still think every time in the morning when I go to McDonald's, I'm, I race to get there because I do not like to wait in four or five cars, and you couldn't go in. Now you can go in. So if there's a big, long line, I just go in. But I'm, I'm at there. You know, I have two stations there, and I'm in one, and I'm watching over to the left one. And I got it down. Senior coffee, thank you. Because I do not, and then you'll have somebody that's ordering everything on the menu, and I just want to open the car door, go up to them, and say, get a life. So, patience. Then he says the word prepared is a description of the external work of grace, including the churches coming into unity, revival fires burning, true worshipers showing forth the praises of God, Christians standing shoulder to shoulder against the common enemy, and rallying, rallying around to keep help in international disasters. These are externals that are visible to the unbelieving world. In this prophetic note, The Lord declares that an internal work is going on that will cause the church to be externally prepared for his second coming. Well, we, you know, we need to be prepared for right now for the rapture. That comes first. God is at work within each believer perfecting us and maturing us. He also is at work externally in the world at large, getting his church ready. The bride of Christ is becoming more beautiful every single day. So it's all about preparing. What are some of the things? I'm just going to test you. What are some of the things last fall I told you that we needed to do? Declare and decree. Well, here's... Paige must take this seriously because she gave, if you didn't get it, there's confessions to speak daily. Declare and decree a thing, and it shall be established for you, and light shall shine upon your path. She she took the initiative to type it up, and these are all scriptures. It's all relevant. It's all good. It's all necessary. What what are some of the other things I told you? What are the prophets saying? Now you know why you need preachers. Some of you don't know what the prophets are saying right now. Shame on you. You need the prophet. What else? Mercy. What I've been saying, what are we supposed to declare and decree? Let's put that up, would you please? Let's stop there. Let's unhook here then. Then what I want to do, <clears throat> I want to go next week, and we're going to probably look at one scripture. It's Hebrews eleven seven. Where Noah moved with godly fear and in faith, what did he do? What did Noah do? He built an ark. Why? For the saving of his household. Because God said, he told him some things. Well, God is speaking, stand up. God is speaking to his church, saying some things to us right now. Every year, one of the things that I do I give you Mark Barclay's I Predict. We've been talking about Prophet Hank and what he's saying. And boy, I tell you what, you told me the other day, he talks about in the streets what's going on right now is here. So should we have been surprised about what's going on in the streets right now? No. Why? Because the prophet told us it's going to happen.
Oh, boy. Say, I love you, Pastor Mike. I love your wife more, but no. She's nicer. What did you learn today? Get a rucksack. Call Micah. He'll help you tell you what to put in it. Well, he will. He'll help you. I'm not telling you the zombies are coming tomorrow. I said this is a... The what? Rioters. Well, don't come near our house. Because we'll shoot you and then tell you about Jesus. Because if we tell you about Jesus first, I don't know, you might shoot back. I don't know. But being prepared spiritually. Let's say this together. I declare the next season of my life to be a season of fulfillment and blessing. I expect the things that once disappointed me to be no more. I declare the Spirit of God is hovering over the United States of America, birthing revival. I declare America shall be saved. I speak God's mercy over President Trump and the White House. I speak God's grace and mercy over Congress and the Supreme Court. I speak God's grace and mercy over the 2020 election. I speak God's grace and mercy over the state of Nebraska. Thank you, Father. The next decade will be a decade of difference because you're giving us kingdom authority for your hands to work on another generation. I speak God's grace and mercy manifested over my family and Harvest Church in 2020 in Jesus' name. For the Lord, he is good and his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Amen. And everyone shouted? Amen, amen, amen. amen. What's your brother's name? Rod. Father, we pray today for Rod. We're so grateful, Lord, that he has Jesus in his heart. And Lord God, we do speak your grace and mercy over Rod this morning in Jesus' name. We ask you, Father, for godly laborers to cross his path right now and minister to him. You are a God of miracles, signs, and wonders. I rebuke death. I loose life in the name of Jesus Christ. And Lord God, your peace to come upon his spirit, his mind, will, and emotions, his physical body in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Anything else? I bless you today in the name of Jesus. May you and your families prosper, be in health, and your souls prosper daily. I pray and believe that the blood of Jesus Christ covers your household. And that you'll overcome this week by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. I thank you, Lord. You'll go about doing good, people of Harvest Church. You'll go about doing good, healing all that are oppressed of the enemy. For God is with you. God is in you. And God is working by his spirit 
on your behalf in this hour. Father, I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, that every heart is is being softened. And that I thank you that you're teaching us what we do not see, Holy Spirit. Help us prepare for the days ahead, spiritually and in the natural. I bind up, in Jesus' name, any rebellion and resistance to the things of God. And I thank you the people of Harvest Church in this hour are willing and obedient to serve. And their hearts cry as your kingdom come, Father, your will be done in my life. I thank you for the fire of God to burn within the hearts of every member, every family member in Jesus' name. A fire, a desire to know you, a desire to spend time with you daily. Father, I thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. The good work you've begun in all of us, Lord, you're going to finish that good work. And so, Lord, I speak your grace and mercy and unity over this body of believers in Jesus' name. Now, go out this week and act like the church. Amen? God bless you.